This is the Yardbird Tuna Show, episode 13, and today, my lovely wife decided to sit down with me again, <laughs> and you guys have heard her stories, but we have Brother Ben in the house, and we're going to leave his last name anonymous, just in case, uh, you I know, just, really in, stupid. Yeah, <laughs> just in case, so here we have Ben, Ben, welcome to the house, uh, my you. lovely wife. And uh, I think today we're going to kind of focus on, like, parenting, you know, how to be good parents in in today's modern society and um, morals, but also how to, uh, you know, how to deal with the changes in life. You know, there's definitely some huge changes in our society nowadays that a parent has to navigate and decide whether this is a good or a bad thing to subject to our children, and that's all... I think opinion, you know, mostly, but but that's uh, I don't know. That's something I worry about. I'm I'm a new dad. Ben, you're a not so new dad. Well, newish, I guess. <laughs> three, three and five. Three right? and five. So I've been a dad long enough to make enough mistakes to know that I don't want to make those particular ones again. I guess. <laughs> I <Yeah>. hear you. <laughs> not 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 kids, but but parenting mistakes. Let, let me let me correct that. <laughs> So you're saying you don't let them play with your guns. All right. That's the first lesson. We not play. No, not play. We, we, we have a protocol. We definitely have a protocol. There, there has to be asking. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you want me to get into it, but I get into it. Uh, whatever um, you're comfortable with. I, I don't want to. Yeah, I'm interested in what to do with. So, so Did the kids the just fart? I think so. Dude, she just farted on mic. <laughs> that is the first official fart <laughs> on the mic. From my child. She does not do the F word. She toots. Dude, she farted. That was a rip. She just... (laughs) And look, she's smiling now. She feels better. That's how I know she's one of mine. (laughs) So we have a protocol. My son is, of course, super interested in guns. Yeah. It's just kind of how he is. Um, I don't know if he's wired that way or it's my fault, but uh, he's definitely jazzed about them. So we have the safe downstairs, and... uh, my wife comes in with a pistol every day so sure uh, but he, he isn't that interested in that so if we're playing around down in the basement right and uh, he'll say hey daddy can I see them yeah thank you for asking because you don't ever want to look at guns without daddy or another grown-up right kind of first to reinforce it and then I say okay well what are our what are our rules and I make him kind of repeat all the different things and it's I can never keep him straight, so he probably can never keep him straight, but it's it's uh, something along the lines of, um, you know, make sure that you have mommy or daddy there. Um, make sure there's no ammo, so we do a chamber check. Sure. And um, keep your finger off the trigger. So I get him, try to get him in the habit of putting his finger alongside the, the dust cover or whatever. Sure. And uh, never point at people or animals. And that's 
maybe not exactly accurate <laughs> for the future, but it's important that we uh, we uh, kind of instill that now that we don't we don't just kind of willy nilly treat them like their toys or anything like that. Sure. And then, um, well, so you know, make sure it's not loaded. Keep your finger off the trigger. And uh, we, we, I try to enforce muzzle discipline, especially because he's not really cognizant of that. Yeah. Um, well, I remember when we came over for breakfast, uh, you know, he had the little rubber band gun and you were kind of like oh, yelling yeah. at him about keeping it facing away from people. And Yeah, yeah. I think it's funny because I honestly said that like this whole introduction to this was mostly a joke, but, but we're discussing it. And yeah. uh, I'm laughing in my head right now because I'm thinking, dude, if there's anybody that is totally against like uh like guns and and the whole gun control they're probably tuning the fuck out right now oh yeah but but that's um you know like to me i think it's a relevant conversation because because i'm a gun owner and uh you know like like i have my beliefs towards gun control and and we don't need to get into that that's not the point of what i'm doing here but i have my guns you have your guns and we I think that the one thing, that the common misconception is that a lot of people believe that we just leave shit laying all over our fucking house and it's just a free-for-all and, no. you know, like there's just bullet casings and just shit going on and sharp objects and my kids are in a very dangerous place. No. But it's not that. It's, it's in a secured place and it's controlled and everything is where it's supposed to be and organized. And it's not even a matter of, I mean, listen, you know I'm a little rebellious. So it's yeah. not a matter of necessarily being law-abiding. To me, it's about providing safe place for my family. Yeah. But it's it's also, you know, like to me, uh, I enjoy long distance shooting, but there's also the safety factor of our home. This isn't exactly the nicest neighborhood. Yeah. So no, I feel like maybe I do need this in my house. And if shit goes wrong, my wife knows how to use the pistol or the shotgun. If somebody comes through that door and these three fucking pit bulls don't do what they're supposed to do, which I Highly I don't believe that that's going to happen. You've already witnessed, you know. They make the, a ruckus, if nothing else. Yeah, they wake my ass up when somebody is at that door. Yeah. So if that doesn't deter them, the missus definitely knows how to point and cock that shotgun and give, at least give the warning, like, shit is about to get real Brilliant. ugly real yeah. quick. <laughs> my, my dad was never a gun guy. No, really? Uh, we did have guns in the house. Yeah. But uh, he had a little, I have it now, he gave it to me. It's a little thirty-eight snubby. Oh, okay. And uh, he used to use it because he would go timber timber marking in Mississippi. That's why he bought it. And there's packs of feral dogs. Really? Right? No, seriously, yeah, there's a real feral dog problem in the woods of Mississippi. Huh. Or was, I don't know, 20-some years ago. Look at my, my wife, the dog oh. rumors. I'm like, what? Making this crazy look <laughs> oh, on yeah, yeah, they, First uh, of all, I didn't know what timber was. Um, timber shucking? Uh, uh, mark and timber. You mark Marking. trees for which ones are going to get uh, cut down cut or trimmed. Oh. Um, there's a lot of pine trees yeah. in okay. Mississippi because the soil is good for it. Oh. So they'll even cultivate stuff for mostly paper production. Okay. Yeah. And they have wild packs of dogs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's insane. The fucking yeah, dogs are taking over. People cut them loose and they'll just go wild. Yeah. yeah. So he, he used to keep a little... Uh, I don't think he ever shot a dog or shot at a dog even, <laughs> but uh, he carried it around because he was worried about it. Listen, I love dogs, but I'm telling you right sense. now, if a dog came at me, yeah, I would shoot that motherfucker between his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I love dogs, and I'll feel bad afterwards. 
I would rather shoot a human, honestly, than a goddamn dog. Well, you ever, have but you, if, well a wild if dog is different than a domesticated that dog. That fucking dog is yeah. going down. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, I will blast that motherfucker, all right? Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, they're not so far removed from the wolves, wolves they yeah. once were. Yeah. So instinct will take over, and they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll attack you. And a cat, I mean, I'll, I'll shoot a fucking, I'll shoot a domestic cat. I don't care about cats at all. Yeah, I would do that Yeah, fuck a cat, man. Principle. No, fucking that's, uh, evil little motherfucker. They don't even, he's got two cats. Yeah, for the, for, for the listeners, that was a He's ready joke. to shoot his I, own I fucking you. cat. You sometimes, shit on the carpet yeah. one more time! Uh, sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, I I I, I threatened to uh, I threatened to uh, shoot the cat the other day. Actually. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he 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 kept that little snub thirty eight in a straw boater hat. Yeah. On, that I think he had from his brother's wedding. I think up on a shelf, and it was one of those. You know, if I ever wanted to, I I could ask. And yeah. He was. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Let's sit down. You can look at it with me. Um, but it was there would have been hell to pay if I ever went up there trying to find it myself. Sure. So sure. I think that's kind of what informed yeah. my caution and, and making sure that my son knows that, yes, this is something that we have. Sure. I mean, cause, again, my wife walks in with it every single day on her hip. I can't, right. can't be like, oh, you know, oh, we don't, that, that's those are bad. We don't mess with those because oh, they're dangerous, yes, but they're they're definitely worth you know, knowing about. So let me let me transition the conversation a little. And like, um, I don't know, like my, you know my background. I, yeah. I, I got clean about nine years ago, a little less than nine years ago. And uh, my, my concern with that is always like, if my kid starts to dabble, if my kid gets into her teens and, and wants to try a little drinking or smoke some weed or whatever, how do I approach that subject? <laughs> And, and to me, I guess I, I am currently, things might change. I mean, that's, we're like 15 or 16 years from that, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. You know, maybe, it's, maybe it'll be next week. It better not be Genevieve. It better fucking not be. I don't know. But, um, yeah, you, you little, are you a little rebel? Are you a little rebel? What are you doing? You got your little MC Hammer pants on. <laughs> but, um, but so, like, my concern as a, a new dad is how do I approach these touchy subjects of, of life in general? My kid yeah. might come to me and ask me a question at a very young age oh. about sexuality or about, uh, you know, drug use or social um, hot topics. And no matter, I've come to the realization that no matter what, at what age this is, whether it's five years old or 10 years old or 15 or 35, I'm going to have to just be honest. I'm going to have to just be honest and just just state the facts yeah. and I guess try to give some moral guidance, but, but it might be uncomfortable. It might be real uncomfortable. I go every Monday night to do my thing is sit in a church basement and work on myself, and I'm sure at some point she's going to ask mom, where the fuck's dad going? Yeah. You know? Yeah. But um, I think it's important not to shelter kids from that, especially if they're asking. So we were talking a little bit about about dogs and we sure. had a, a dog and two dogs actually mm-hmm. passed in pretty close time proximity and uh, how do I say that? we didn't handle the first one terribly well um, in terms of having the kids understand I think my daughter was too young she was two or younger than that at the time the first dog passed oh. and uh, but my son was old enough 
to understand, kind of get the fact that the dog wasn't around anymore. And um, I think uh, death and drugs and sex and all those, these are like huge, sure, huge sure. life topics. Yeah, I guess I didn't even mention the, the death part. Yeah. I mean, how, do we have three dogs? And yeah. they're, they're like eight years old, I think, or I don't know, my wife would probably know better yeah. than me. So when the kid is five, or somewhere in that realm of like understanding a little bit about life, yeah. this might be a, a topic. something that might happen. Yeah. 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 So, so we, we tried to handle the, the second pet death uh, a little bit better than the first. Um, and something that I had either listened to on the radio, because uh, I'll, I'll occasionally listen to public radio. Sure. And there's a psychologist that comes on to talk about stuff. And they were talking about death and kids and death. And they said that the, the one of the worst things you can do is use euphemisms for it. Yeah, like so call like it passed out. away or yeah. went to sleep or all these other things. Because then you had a whole host of like, well, what happens if I go to sleep? Mommy? Yeah. Will I not wake up? Will I never come back? So, so we tried to be almost blunt about it. Yeah. But then, and this is something that's a, a bit of a struggle too, is trying to kind of kind of provide a. I guess you would say religious or spiritual explanation sure. for that because, it, I mean, it gives adults comfort, I think. And that's <laughs> why we came up with it way in the midst of time that, I don't know, you go to heaven or wherever. So I think that that's important to provide that for kids. And uh, so I think being direct about it is the most important thing. Because hmm. um, if you're not, then they're going to want to see what all the fuss is about. <laughs> and, and they're going to be even more curious when, when mom and dad kind of try and clamp a lid on it. And, and I think as long as you, you say, listen, that there's a time and a place for addressing each one of these things and this is how we feel about it, uh, then I think that's a good way to start. But to be honest with you, I haven't gotten there yet. I'm as nervous about it as you are. And, hmm. and, and I'm hopefully... Only eight or ten years away from that, you know? Uh, but I think being direct is important. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, huh. That's about all we can do is do the best we can. So for all the listeners out there, Brother Ben here, uh, in case you haven't noticed, is like the smartest fucking guy I know. Oh, well, in uh, fact, he is so logical uh, that I bounce crazy ideas off him. And he occasionally looks at me and says, whatever, man. If you want to fucking try that, go ahead. Well, I, I don't I know if it's going to work out so well. <laughs> <laughs> try to be diplomatic. Like, uh, how about we do this instead? <laughs> oh, man. So parenting, man. Parenting. You know what's funny is before we sat down, we had like this whole great conversation going on. And now I'm like, what the fuck? I feel like I'm drawing a blank for all of a sudden, like... This happens to me every time I get in front of this goddamn microphone. You know, I don't know what uh, I don't know what's going on, but uh, anyway. It's because you feel you're feeling watched. It's not spontaneous. Yeah, that's. Yeah, we were just chit chatting. Yeah, well, and, and you was... know, and my wife swore that she was going to talk on the microphone, so I, you know. I'm also doing mom. I duties. rely on her. I'm momming the dogs and momming the child, so I'm here. Yeah. That's a lot of momming. Yeah, yeah man. It's a lot of momming happening. You know what I love that my wife does? I don't know if your wife does this. My my wife, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna like pick on her a little bit. You get she... yourself in trouble in the air, is that what you're saying? <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> so my wife likes to think up shit to make things more complicated. <laughs> 
which I think she's finally having a hard time. The goddamn dogs, we decided we were going to feed them raw meat for like, I don't know. We did this, what, like a year ago? It's been like two years, yeah. Really? It's been mm-hmm. two years? And wow. dude, admittedly, it's, it's good for them. I mean, I'm going to go beat one of them right now if they don't stop barking. <laughs> but, um, but dude, it's, it's good because they lost some weight. They're lean. They're healthy. Their coats look great. They, they got good energy. But fuck me, man. It's like so much work to drive up to Northeast Philly to this place where we buy the meat at. And they're only open. It's not even the dogs. It's not the dogs. It's mm-hmm. not the diet. It's none of this shit. It's just the organizations where we get the food from is like only open from 6 to 12 in the fucking morning, mm-hmm. which is like we're all at work. Who the fuck? Who, who yeah, has yeah, time yeah, off has to time go up there? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then the other place that we get meat from, we have to order... A month in advance. Yeah. So we have to order on the 15th of September, or by the 15th, to get it in October. Oh, wow. And then we have to drive an hour out to get it. So it's kind of a pain in the ass. Well, there, there's, a, there's like, um, I can't remember, a fellow, a fellow at work was talking to me about it. There's a, like, farm farm collectives kind of out there mm-hmm. that will, you walk out, you go, go call the farmer up, say, hey, I'm interested in... I don't know, half a cow or something like that. And you go out and you go, I want that one. And you point to it out in the field mm-hmm. and uh, they butcher it and you go pick it up later. Okay, I'll do this, but I want to I wanna shoot the cow in the head. No. <laughs> uh, I mean, they, they may let you shoot the cow. I think they use that thing for uh, No yeah. Country for Old Men. Uh, no <laughs> Country for Old Men? Yeah. The bolt? Dude, I want to yeah. do the bolt thing. I just yeah. want to watch this cow go... That's <laughs> horrible. It fucking lights out. Now you've offended PETA. Now you're Dude, really in trouble. They're there are people right now, there are vegans right now losing their fucking minds listening to this. Yeah. I can't believe he's going <laughs> to stick that fucking bolt in that cow's brain. Yes, oh, I will. Yes, yeah. I will. And then I'm going to take my fucking pocket knife and trim off a one of his... A pocket knife? Yeah, a fucking pocket knife, babe. A pocket knife. A dull-ass Swiss Army pocket <laughs> knife. And I'm going to cut some leather off that fucking cow's ass, and I'm going to make a little wallet out of it, all right? <laughs> it's leather yet. It's got a lot to do before it becomes leather. It's going to have Whatever, some dude. Listen, listen, I'm going back to the Native American ways, man. I want to live off the fucking land and kill my own animals. These vegans... I think they have merit to what their their idea is, but nobody's approaching the real problem. You can't say that when we're talking about uh, um Yeah, parenting. yeah, we can because yeah. we have one fucking kid so and far. he's got two fucking kids. So far. And that's it, dude. We're done. So far. No, no, Uh-oh. man. So what do you mean so far, motherfucker? You know what's going to happen. Lady. <laughs> Lady, don't you try it. So I'm gonna you are you, never allowed to be on top ever only, again. You only have 50% <laughs> of the input there. My wife raped me twice. She raped you I twice? No there needs to be an organization I for men no to get raped by everything. their wives. <laughs> said no I and said everything. no and everything. We're <laughs> officially starting that. We're, we're starting this organization. You can't prove it. The fuck you mean I can't you prove it? You can't prove that he was raped. <laughs> so <laughs> she's saying this. Because we had a whole conversation. Yeah. It wife... used to be. So I've heard or read or I don't know. You pick up information randomly. Yeah. That it was it was recently. We looked it up. It was recently made not legal to rape your wife anymore. In some states. Some states I think it's still legal. It's still legal to rape your Yeah, wife. it's still legal. Wow. But that even if yeah. you. Wow. Even if you. <laughs> Even if you do 
say rape your wife and it's illegal, how can you prove that you raped your wife? So it's like a whole, it's harder to prove that than it would be like if you, not you, but if someone raped somebody down the street. So Ben, this is the way the conversation went, which is way more funny when you're sitting in the car next to your wife driving (laughs) down the road with your baby in the back seat and your wife says, yeah, well, you know, it's illegal to rape your wife. And I'm like, what? No, the fuck it's not. So she looks it up, she Googles it, and then she's like, uh, so, like, I'm like, no, dude, in the state of Pennsylvania, you absolutely oh. can go to jail for raping your wife. Yeah, yeah. I so, think in most places. Yes, but if be... you look it up, it's very recent. Yeah, it's so, very recent. So, anyway, she goes, all right, yeah, it's legal. <laughs> but that would be kind of hard to prove, wouldn't no, it? No, that's, that's what the Wikipedia page says. Oh, that it, it, yes. it, would, be, it would be hard to prove. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You did read was, that on yeah, the page. Yeah, I was reading yeah, it from yeah, the yeah. page. I didn't just say, like, well, yeah. it's hard to prove. Ha, ha, ha. Well, so yeah. then a week later, she wakes up and says her ass is sore, and I said, prove it. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, I, gosh, well, uh, there was a to-do with porn stars and that consent. Bottom line, the issue is consent, right? Mm-hmm. And that 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 is a, a thing that happens in the porn industry. That, that that consent is not given or at some point revoked for recording it or for no for actual the act. I don't understand how how I don't understand how you can find yourself in a hotel room full of cameras and lighting equipment and a producer and a director and a camera guy and a fucking Stud, <laughs> yeah, yeah, standing naked in front of you, and then claim rape afterwards. Well, like, I don't know. I think the thing is, is that that the act can be consensual to the point at which consent is revoked. So if so, she says, "All right, I'm done." Yeah, that's say, it. all right, that's it. This is yeah. the end. And I, I hope that there would be a reasonable time allowed to elapse. Well, disengagement, so, so to speak, so before that, yeah. you, you cried. I mean, I do, I do rape. agree with that wholeheartedly. I mean, listen, I'm not one of these dumb guys that says, like, dude, I already got my dick all the way inside of you. Too late, yeah, you know. The, the fucking idea. train left the station. Yeah. You know, like, nah, nah, nah. I'm sympathetic enough to to agree that if she's done and she says she's fucking done, you get yeah. off. You you unmount. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, this is it. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really kind of surprised that that is... Well, I, I'm not surprised that it was once... Yeah. Not, If not legal, unenforceable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, boy. I mean, well, it's 2019. I, mean, I can become a woman, but, but you ooh. can still rape your wife in some places. That's, okay, that's, so I, I misspoke. So it used to be, um, it's illegal in all fifty states now, but yeah. it's like it's like a a gray area in some states that it's different way. Like it's different. I don't know. How to explain it. It's like different. Here you go. You can read. You'll probably explain it better. Ben is our historian. Mm-hmm. When I that, when I need some common knowledge. About history, I have some random. I have a, I have a random <laughs> this input, is, right? This is the guy that I reach out to when I am like, hmm, "Was that country involved in World War One or not?" And Ben will say, "No, no, they weren't. <laughs> they definitely weren't." And I'll be like, "Oh, okay." Oh so, so the traditional definition of rape in the United States is the forced sexual intercourse by a male with a female, not his wife. Mm-hmm. 
What a strange way to define Because it. when it was first written, they were probably not thinking like, no, you can still do that to your wife. That's fine. But by 1993, it was a crime in all 50 states, meaning it took Damn, until 1993. Holy shit. In 92, they put into effect the anti-two-block <laughs> regulations on a crane. In 93, they were like, all right, guys, yeah. you got to stop raping your fucking wives, all right? <laughs> yeah, see? It's and crazy. It, still... In 92, there was the internet. They had the internet. Yeah. People were raping their wives on the internet in 92. <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> so, you know, that, that, that was a that rape crazy? joke. That see, rape us. can be funny. <laughs> Oh my God! That brings us to the point, uh, maybe a political point. Unfortunately, I don't know. Is this off limits or not? Fuck no! Um, let's do this. But of all, I mean, it took that long for our country to get its collective head out of its collective ass to say this is important and we should address it. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, bureaucracy in our country is is political gridlock. You know, I mean, it takes fucking millennials, millenniums, millenniums, not millennials, millennials, maybe. Will be involved, but eventually they'll they will. They'll probably be drinking Starbucks fitting. and wearing Uggs and <laughs> complaining about it's too hey, hot. Technically, I'm a millennial. Thank you very much. We, I think I'm a millennial. I think we're all millennials, uh, technically. Yeah. technically. It's a sad yeah. fucking fact, they man. They had to make 82 the break point. Ah, <laughs> kills me. Is that it? Really, 82? Mm -hmm. So, according to the interwebs, 82 is the break point for millennials. Fuck yeah, mm -hmm. you two millennials, you guys are pieces of shit. Uh, what generation am I? <laughs> I don't know. X? Generation is X? Generation I don't X. know what you are. I don't know yeah. what, like, uh... I don't understand. The, doesn't matter. I still I act like a millennial. I know I do. I am not a <laughs> millennial. You drink Starbucks. I love my Starbucks. <laughs> We're not promoting Starbucks right now because they haven't given me no fucking advertisement money yet. <laughs> But if you want to, Starbucks, I will tell everybody how much I love that white chocolate mocha latte. Oh, you do. <laughs> you do. Goddamn right. I show up on job sites surrounded by blue-collar, drunken, drug addict, hard-working, <laughs> working-class stiffs. Beat their shit out of and raped their wives last night. Oh, my God. <laughs> Drinking my Starbucks. Drinking my Starbucks just so that they know I don't fit in here. Yeah, well, I <laughs> Starbucks, man. I still can't get over that. It's good coffee. I don't like. Uh, I don't like how companies nowadays, uh, on either side of the political spectrum, are getting involved. Yeah, like they're stating their political opinions. Yeah. I don't. I don't like that. I wish they would just shut the fuck up and make good coffee. But, um, but you know, like in our world nowadays, that that's why. Like, so this whole thing, I try to really. Steer clear of religion and politics because I think that there's not enough of that in our society right now. There's not enough people just having a conversation and just leave your opinion at home, man. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't need you pushing your fucking agenda on me. But then again, I'm always the rebellious one anyway. I'm like this swing voter that everybody fucking hates. And the moment you push your agenda one way, I instantly think, "Fuck you!" Now I'm voting the opposite. <laughs> Part of it is, is you want to know the reason behind it. There's always a reason behind the curtain. There's yeah, always yeah. a reason behind the reason that you're given. And maybe that's, that's where's my tinfoil hat? But I think <laughs> no, there's I, always... Yeah, I'm that guy. There's a hidden motivation and that's pretty much everything. And that's, so that's the other, like, uh, like, like, that's the problem that I think people have with politics in general is they can't see that there might be something good occurring, even though there might be a whole lot of backdoor bullshit going on, too. Yeah. 
and vice versa. You know, like it's 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 this big old uh, you know. Well, if I was doing that job, I would do it better. Would you really? Like, would you would you really? Because I don't think you would. I think politics in nature is fucking slimy, and I think my the best thing I can do is probably just stay out of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I think I think prior. Prior to there being a huge media complex that sure. gave you a blow-by-blow blow report of everything that happened in political circles that day, there was a lot of backroom deals and smoke-filled rooms, and everybody knew that that was happening because that's how politics work. That's how everything mm-hmm. works: business, politics. Sure. Even, even you, you know, horse trading with your buddy was yeah. still the, that level of human interaction, and I think. Um, so politics has always yeah. been big business. It has always been big business. And I think it's funny that people are just now like starting to point the finger and go, well, you know, this guy in particular, you know, is a businessman. Dude, they're all businessmen. They're all... No politician got into politics going, I'm going to do something good for the people around me. Well, like, no, well that's <laughs> discouraging. Maybe they did. I don't know. That's my, listen, I'm, maybe I'm sounding pessimistic or negative, but I think, I think a lot. I'm not going to say all across the board because I don't believe in stereotyping 100%, but I think a large majority of, of people that go in that route are doing it for selfish needs, you know? I think maybe... I think maybe now more than other times. Yeah. Uh, but again, this might be a rosy view of history that, that isn't really accurate at all. We all just got along and we were happy. Yeah, no, that's, not, that's not the case. We've been, we've been killing each other and arguing with each other since we could kill each other and argue with each yeah. other. But I think the, the thing with you would, I think that there are more people that actually go in like, hey, I'm going to do something good for the community or feel a call to service. But mm-hmm. once they get there, I mean, like anything else, especially in something that is like a pressure cooker of sure. corruption and backroom dealing and, and advancing each other's agenda to get something else done and bargaining. and Yeah. Like, yeah, I think you'll lo- you probably lose your way pretty quick in yeah. the political spectrum. I think in the small, I think it's, I think there are good intentions and especially on the small, small government side. Your townships and your your uh, boroughs, and I think there are people that ain't getting no huge kickback or nothing. So they're like, well, fucking, I'm just trying to make the neighborhood a little bit better. Yeah. yeah. But um, I don't know. Anyway, I don't even know why we're discussing this. We we already agreed. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's not your fault. That's me. I do every episode. I have a bad habit of going. All right, guys, listen. I'm not going to talk about politics, but guess what? Today, my opinion is this. Well, it's you hard know? not to talk about politics when we live it every day. But yeah. I don't think you said your opinion really. Um, I think it was okay. more of a general, other than the same. Oh, I said my opinion. Politicians are pieces all, of shit, yeah. and they're trying to fucking steal all my tax money. <laughs> and I still don't see no better fucking roads around here. 95 mm. is like a dirt fucking road. And I would really like to be able to do 120 fucking miles an hour without a state trooper trying to fucking get me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you do. Well, we don't live in Germany. There's no autobahn here. There needs to be. I think there should be. Why? Since they we built all, the autobahn for them. They will all be sitting in that lane doing 10 miles an hour still. Well, that's because Americans, and I'm an American, I, I also admit to being this, but Americans are rebellious pieces of shit. Mm-hmm. And 
we get in the left lane and we're like, fuck you, go around me, even though there's nowhere to go around because the fucking, the law specifically says stay in the right lane mm-hmm. except for passing. There's signs every hundred fucking feet I'm, going I'm all the way up 95. devil's advocate, though. The law also says the limit on your speed is 65 yeah, or well, miles an hour. I don't go I'm a race car 65 driver, or 55 miles yeah, especially an hour unless somebody Turnpike. in front of me is going that slow. But. Dude, I tell people all day, Jersey Turnpike is the wild fucking west. Yes, it is. You got New Yorkers that are coming back from their little holiday, and they're scared to fucking death because they rented a car from some little ride share or something, you know, down on the corner, and they've never really driven ever in their life. And uh, now they're coming back from Cape May in the left lane doing 45, and the speed limit's 65. I'm going to be totally honest here. Fuck those people. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm 100%. I am 200% with that. Listen, I'm telling you right now that if it wasn't illegal, I would shoot their fucking tires out. Oh, my goodness. That's how mad I get at that. I just want to put a ram on the front of my vehicle. Dude, they're so... Like something so, from Mad Max with spikes on Yeah, just I tell push people, them out the way. On the Jersey Turnpike, there's three lanes across. So you got the car lane, and then you have the truck lanes. So there's two separate lanes for driving. In both those lanes, or those, both... Uh, options to yeah, take the Jersey yeah. Turnpike. Parallel highways, perhaps. Yeah, mm-hmm. parallel highways. You have three lanes on each side. And on the trucker side, believe it or not, because these guys are professional drivers, they abide by this law very, very well. They're great about it. Most of they the do the speed limit. It's that. locked in cruise control. I'll tell you who's not doing the rules. It's guys driving the dirt trucks, the yeah. fucking the triaxles, and then worse yet is some asshole that rents a box truck, drives to New York to buy some shitty used oh. pocketbooks or some shit that was made in China yeah. that says Louis Louis Fatan. <laughs> yeah. And they're gonna go back down to uh, fucking um, some you know farmers market down south and sell all this shit for dirt cheap. Those guys have no CDL and they drive them box trucks like fucking Formula One race car drivers. And, I mean, it is amazing. I've had a guy, literally, I thought he was going to wipe out the front of my fucking car because he just cut me off. Just, fuck you, I'm getting over now. Yeah. You know? Mm. And um, crazy. So that's the truck side. The truck drivers with the tractor trailers, though, they're pretty good about it. For the most part. You know, they're some doing You can see when some of them are probably doing more hours than they actually ought to. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, but that, yeah. that's... I'm, or you're on your phones. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I hope not. They What's are. It? I've seen them. I've driven by and they've been like, "Oh, on the phone." Dude, are you? Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen guys on the phone. Yeah. When they're driving, but everybody's those big doing trucks. that now. I'm not. I'm not I'm saying that is a good thing. That's not okay. I'm not saying that's a good no. thing. And I'm as saying, a professional driver, you are held more accountable. Yeah. Than if I was driving down the street looking at my phone. So, you, so the other danger is driving on the car side of the Jersey Turnpike. Now, let me, I've had this talk before, and I think I did a little bullshit video where I described it, or maybe a podcast, I don't know. Yeah. But you got the left lane is all assholes doing under the speed limit. You got the middle lane, guys like me that are just trying to tread water and keep up with the flow of traffic. And then the right lane you have some guy in a Maserati that's a stockbroker in New York City, and he's trying to get the fuck back up there as fast as humanly possible, and he is doing 135 fucking miles an hour. Yeah. And then you got the fucking state trooper on the side of the road that just 
I don't know. I don't know if he's in there just beating his dick up to Pornhub, or I don't know what is Candy, happening. Candy Crush. How in the fuck did you bird. not see that guy with the Maserati come past me like I was standing fucking still? How did you not see that? Maserati, Alfa Romeo, and Teslas. You ever gotten smoked by a Tesla? All the time. Uh, On the Jersey Turnpike? He's driving really slow. Fuck that. On the Jersey Turnpike, they are fucking insane. When that battery hits one of them cement barriers someday, there's going to be a massive (laughs) fucking explosion. These idiots don't even know they're driving around on a fucking hydrogen bomb. (laughs) And they, they, I mean, I'll say they're quick. They are quick. cars are quick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 yeah, and they weave in and out of traffic like a fucking motorcycle. It's I amazing. It, well, you know? I guess because every time I see a Tesla, there's some old person driving it, and they're driving it like 10 miles an hour, Once, and I'm behind them thinking, dude, it's a Tesla. Let's nah, go. That's down our way. Yeah. Once yeah. you get up get around like New Brunswick, heading north into New York City, mm-hmm. that's all the flow of traffic going into the city, yeah. and those people are the most aggressive, insane fucking drivers I've ever seen in my whole life. Mm. Like, it's just... And it's absurd because you have, like, these weird dynamics. Some of them are terrified, and they're in the left lane, and they're, fuck you, I'm not moving, this is the safe lane. (laughs) We're all in this lane doing cruise control at 50 miles an hour, even though the speed limit's 65. 65, And then you got the guy in the middle lane... And I'm not going to incriminate myself, but he's doing 70, 75, just trying mm-hmm. to keep up with the flow of traffic. Mm-hmm. And at 75 miles an hour, a car comes past you, and I can't even read the fucking words on the back of the goddamn car. That's how fast they were going. You know? Flying. Yeah. It's amazing. It's fucking amazing. Till, you know? till it, well, have you, I saw an accident on a turnpike. Oh, yeah. Or the, let me take that back, the remains of an accident. I yeah. believe it was a motorcyclist, mm. but it was pretty much just chunks on a weight sheet. Oof. Was that was that like That's two terrible. months ago? Because yeah. we, I think we were in that traffic. Yeah. Me and the kid that works with us was in the passenger seat, and we looked over, and it. Yeah. From yeah. what I heard, the guy was in the trucker lane, yeah. and he opened yeah. his door and stood out, and apparently he got wiped the fuck out. Oh my god! Yeah, okay. like dude, there was meat all the way oh. up the highway. That's like terrible. they covered up the the body with the sheet, but well, there was just. Shit splattered everywhere up the fucking highway. Yeah. By the time I got to it, they had, uh, and this is what tipped me off that it wasn't a deer or something else. Yeah. They had uh, um, crime scene investigation doing telemetry. Yeah. Like, transit and everything, trying to figure out like, what oh happened. Oh my God. Crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, like, yeah, it was nuts. Yeah. Yeah, so. Top tips. Yeah. <laughs> Don't step into the travel lanes yeah, on the New so, Jersey Turnpike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're going to pull over on the Jersey Turnpike, uh, first of all, don't. Yeah. <laughs> Second of all, stay off to the guardrail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Anyway, so that was a little morbid uh, discussion there. <laughs> morbid tangent, huh? Yeah, yeah, you know. How can we make that funny? Let's see. What are we having for taco tonight? Uh, no. no. <laughs> we have a little ground beef. We have a little ground beef. Again, actually. A little venison? Ah, hmm? <laughs> oh, man. So, what else is going on? So, how's work going, Ben? It's not really. <laughs> but, I mean, no, no. It's actually good. It's good to spend time with the family. I have not spent as much time with them as I could or should have. Yeah, well... It was pretty wild there for a bit, and I'm glad I'm not doing that anymore. So it's a, it's a balancing act, though, you know? Like, is, is you want to work and, and make... Like, so I had somebody give me advice 
they were, they were, somebody was talking to me and you, and they said, yep, Gabby's going to go into mommy mode, and you, you're going to go in this protective, I need to provide for my family mode. Yeah. And it's, it's true. Like, I, I scoop up as much work as I can, but I'm also doing this balancing act of, like, fuck, am I spending enough time with my family? Like, I don't, I don't think that I am. I come back here and I work on this thing, which at the moment is a hobby, but I have this uh, dream that maybe this is going to provide some money for my family. Maybe this will evolve and I'll get an actual studio that I go to and that's my office and we sit down and we interview you know, people and yeah. do a fucking thing with this and, and start a production company and maybe shoot little videos. And, and the goal is that I want to write a feature-length film. I want to write one, and I have lots of ideas and lots of stories, but um, you got to start somewhere. You got to start yeah. small, yeah. you no, know? So just do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so just, I have... It's hard. <laughs> well, for it's me, hard. I think it's... I think, like, the, my process of uh, doing things is I have to start and do these small steps. I have to have small goals. Yeah. Just getting comfortable, like we discussed before we got on here, just getting comfortable hearing my own voice was weird. It took me several episodes before I was like, all right, that's how I sound. Fucking get over it. If yeah. you're going to do this, you better start to find some personal acceptance that that's the way you sound. And there's no editing that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah. And then from there, it was socially awkward for me to make these little videos of just my face in my car talking. Dude, I was, like, nervous. I'm, like, sitting in my car driving down the Jersey Turnpike getting cut off by Maseratis. <laughs> Hitting the record button and then freezing, like literally freezing, like, uh, what, what, what was I going to say? I totally fucking forgot what I was going to say. And dude, it's me sitting alone in the car. I haven't even posted this on social media yet. I'm still shitting my pants because <laughs> I put myself on the spot, you know? Yeah. And, and these all, all these little baby steps are, um, you know, an evolution of, yeah. of building myself up into something. I started writing again, so I got a couple little short, goofy videos that I want to do, which you said you might be interested in helping out in. Help out. Yeah, that would be that would be a lot of fun. If man. only to push you further down the path. <laughs> eh, listen, I think with your logic and my insane, endless, imaginative, <laughs> I'm gonna say retardation. It's like, it's like, like my your brain throwing up on a page, dude. <laughs> It's like my mutant power is just like, yeah, all right, so let's, how obnoxious can I make this? My dad, for the longest time, fucking hated that about me. He used to, <laughs> dude, he was like, dude, if there is something insane to be said about anything, little Chris, it's tuna, out of your tuna, mind, yeah. we're going to edit that part out. <laughs> no, we won't. I'll leave it in there. At this point, I'm so fucking small time. Everybody knows that it's me. <laughs> I made up this stage name so everybody wouldn't know it's me. And everybody's like, oh, that guy Chris Hunter? Yeah, he goes by Yardbird Tuna now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and everybody who knows you as Tuna could probably draw the parallel. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, that's him. So speaking, of, speaking of that, I did have a, a wonderful conversation with a shipyard worker last night. Oh, cool. Yeah, Pistol. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I called Pistol up. I wanted to see if he would be interested in doing, like, a phone conversation. Yeah. Um, he's so funny, though, man. He's so old school. This little old school Italian dude, like, like uh, you know, like, Buffalo Italian, you know, like, from Buffalo, New York. 
So like he's like, uh, yeah, you know tuna. He kept calling me tuna, like like, you know, like yeah. tuna, because that's what he knew me as, yeah. you know. And uh, I loved it, dude. I was like, I had such like uh, nostalgia about it, you know. I was like, ah, I miss this man, you know. It it was good for the people. It was. It was, dude. We we had a great group of guys that worked yeah. there. The management sucked. The environment was pretty brutal, <laughs> you know, but. The guys that worked there, whether they were shitbags or not, I, I miss all of them. I really yeah. sincerely do. You know, even some of them that I've had like huge blowouts with. Yeah. You know, I'd still am kind of curious to see how they're doing and, and would have a whole conversation with them if they ever would entertain me. I, I don't know <laughs> if it's something about that place or what it was about that place, maybe, that really does kind of make you wonder. I mean, I, I was there for a really long time. Yeah, yeah. I only did about five years. Yeah. You were there, what, double that? Uh, at least. Yeah. yeah. At least, and and it it, I don't know. It was kind of this weird little community shoved down at the you know the ass end of Philadelphia. Yeah. And I had plenty of people came through and didn't stay long. You had some guys that you're like, oh, will he ever leave? You know, <laughs> you know, why doesn't he retire? Or, you know, I don't know, something yeah. to kick it. But this um, motherfucker would file, yeah, fall off the yeah. side of the goddamn boat. <laughs> but uh, it really, like, I can think of a few people that I, from there that I would never want to interact with again. They were all, they all had some kind of redeeming quality, you know, something that made you love it. Like, man, what a, I like that guy or whatever, you know, it was a, it was a good place. So it was a, again, good place for the people. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was the shared, shared misery of the the actual, of some of the know, actual man. work. But you know, like I tell people all the time, the 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 me starting when I first started doing this thing, the greatest memories that I have is interacting with with people from all over the world down there. Now, yeah. listen. Politically, it was kind of a nightmare because there was a lot of fucked up politics going on down there. But to meet and interact with people from all over the world, yeah, that was a wonderful place to do that. You had Europeans, you had Asians, you had uh, Indians, you had Pakistanis, you had all yeah. kinds of you stuff. Had people from the islands, you yeah, had people from South yeah. America, and, and Mexico, they all had and... great, unique stories. There yeah. was like just so much neat shit that went on there was this one dude uh i was looking at his number the other day and i thought maybe i should call this guy but he was he's literally he told me his name that he wants to be called is african joe <laughs> like hey okay man yeah. and he was this african dude and he used to come fishing with us he would come on the fishing trips yeah. but he, oddly enough he didn't like fish he just enjoyed catching the fish, and he would give them to everybody else on the boat. That's awesome. And I'm like, all right, man, whatever you want to do. Or no, no, yeah. no, it's African Dave. I'm sorry. I got his name wrong. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, African Dave. I'm like, all right, man, whatever, you know. But uh, And then Francis. You know, I've talked about Francis on other episodes. I yeah. miss that fucking guy. I tried to call him. I did, <laughs> did, really? I did try to call him the he other day. He probably didn't answer you. No, no, he probably's like, fuck that guy. I don't want to ever hear from him again. <laughs> the troublemaker, yeah. Yeah. There, 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 are, there are a bunch of really good people there. And it was, it, you know, yeah, it was very blue-collar, very very working-class kind of place. Uh, but, you, you know, you can't always, let me take that back, you can't always be an idiot and work in an industry like that, you know. So there were some really, really smart, really well-spoken, really grounded people there that were a pleasure to talk, talk with and interact with. I always thought it was interesting because there were like 
I was definitely one of the yard birds, which is funny because Pistol said that last night when I was talking to him on the phone. He's, ah, oh, I'm just a fucking yard bird. I don't want, listen, you know, I'm just trying to put some fucking, you know, just trying to get my eight years done and put some fucking food in my mouth of my yeah. kids. And like, I don't have time for your silly fucking internet games. All right, Tuna? <laughs> <laughs> I can really picture him saying that. Dude, I started yeah. laughing so hard because uh, he just, he was like, you know, I just don't have time. For, I mean, I'm sure it's a lot of fun, you know. I'm sure it's a lot of fun. But I don't have time for your bullshit right now. I'm just trying to find some work. And <laughs> I bet you if you paid him, he'd show up. Goddamn right. If I put $100 <laughs> in his fucking hand, he'd probably be here in a second. Yeah, yeah. Well, then I guess, hell, if you gave anybody 100 bucks, they'd probably put up with you for at least 20 minutes. Yeah. Well, that's what it takes, you know? So where's my money, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, the check's in the mail. <laughs> oh, okay. Ah, uh, this fucking goofball. So, uh, sorry. Anyway, somebody's texting me right now. I know it's important to pick up your phone, do No, it's somebody asking about the garage. Apparently somebody lost their keys or forgot them, and, you know, now they're standing there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right there. Uh, what else you got, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what else is going on? I mean, um, you know, we got parenting down. We uh, discussed our old, our old jobs. How yeah. are you transitioning from the shipyard to construction sites like what do you what do you think is there a difference or do you think that the people are different or uh, or so how about this is an this yeah. is probably a more relevant question uh sorry to interrupt you yeah, what about the difference between being a production employee to now being like uh for you it's quality control for yeah. me it's um i consider myself kind of like a safety inspector on a job yeah. site yeah and and it's no longer I'm not really a part of the uh, the working class guys on the job site, and that's a really tough. It's it's hard for me to deal with because I've been that my whole life, you know. Yeah, yeah. So how do you how are you dealing with that? Is it is it an easy transition or? So, um, so I I spend a lot of time in quality control at the yard. Sure. And it was a little different. Um, I really enjoy. The quality control kind of life, I guess, because you're involved as much as you want to be in kind of like the daily goings on, but you, especially for the job, you do have to keep some distance. Yeah. Um, and I didn't find that much of a difference in the people. The people are still, on the whole, awesome people with incredible experiences and like you, you, in the construction trades, you meet a lot of, especially union, you meet a lot of guys that are traveling. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. They, they, you know, everybody is really cool. And yeah. The guys that are traveling have a totally, they're from some other fucking place way far away. And, you know, you're like, how the hell did you end up here? And usually they, 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 they know a guy who knows a guy that got them here. And they're, they're just awesome folks. You know, they got cool stories. It's, it's fun meeting and interacting and kind of, kind of kind of learned learning who those people are and i kind of found that that people that end up in a trade usually you know they're just really interesting folks 
Yeah. You know, they, they, they may not be doctors or lawyers or have college degrees, or some of them do, you know, you never know. But but the trade is what brings them kind of in that environment. And there's, there's kind of, for the most part, like a basic open honesty, like, yeah, hey, this is me, this is who I am, this is what I, you know, do, you know, hey, what about you, what do you like? You know, it, there's, it's not like you've worked with these guys for 30 years or 20 years, something like, you just met them yesterday, so you have to get along to get this project done. And and that's really cool. Everybody's willing to kind of, and then, you know, as the months go by, people start getting like, you know. <laughs> a little testy. Well, a little tired. Yeah. You know, too, yeah. Too, too much time together. Yeah. And, uh, but um, as far as the, the, the QC thing is, you kind of fly in, meet and greet and inspect things and say hey to everybody and shoot the breeze with the guys that you kind of have the time to shoot the breeze with or that interest you or say something cool or have some kind of commonality with and then you and you go away. Yeah. You know, yeah, and you yeah. do something else. Or you go see somebody else. You get to visit everybody, which I think is neat. That's really my that. favorite part about what's going on right now. So in the beginning, I didn't know any of the people that I was inspecting the equipment with or none of the operators. Yeah. It was a little socially awkward. It's like being a, a freshman in high school all over again because you show up on a job site. Here's this dorky-looking kid with a brand-new uh, you know, reflective vest on and a shiny hard hat because yeah, he hasn't yeah. got no dirt on it yet. And... Uh, you know, so, like, in the beginning, you're like, oh, what the fuck, dude? You know, like, here we are. We're going to do this whole thing all over again and prove myself. And I had to yeah. prove myself. There was a lot of old-school operators and old-school crane, uh, you know, crane people, you know, technicians and mechanics yeah. and all these guys that they doubt you. They don't know who you are. Yeah. They think you're just some college jerk-off that, that has an engineering degree. And you got you to gotta prove to them, all of them, you know, individually, every job site that I go to, you got to illustrate, yes, I am an expert. I know what this is. I know what I'm looking at. You know, yeah. I was a mechanic before this. So that was a, a process. And now it's to this this very cool point of like what you just described, yeah. where I go to, uh, I have some pretty dedicated accounts that I do every month and uh, some every year. And then I, I look forward to seeing these people again because I kind of wonder, like, all right, well, what's changed? You know, yeah, not just the yeah. cranes, but but also these people in particular. You know, I'll show up. They'll give me a shake. You know, like, shake my hand. Hey, how's it been? What's the new? You know, like, what, what's going on? Yeah. And uh, and it's great because I agree. There's I've got people in the south that I talk to down in Norfolk. I've got people up in... Uh, out in the middle of Pennsylvania that are very unique, strange yeah. people. <laughs> strange in a good way. I'm not insulting people. I'm saying that different. it's just culture. Yeah. You know, everybody's yeah. got these things that they enjoy doing. I talk to some people about fishing. I talk to other people about cars. I talk to these people over here about Jeeps. I talk to this guy over here because he's an MMA fighter and he's 55 years old and he still looks like he could beat my ass retarded at any moment <laughs> you know yeah. like there's all these interesting guys that i've met and um i think that's probably my favorite part of this job that i have now this career it's not i keep saying a job and some of my coworkers are uh, breaking my balls we love what we do so like they wish I would stop saying it's just a job. It's not. It's not a job. I, I thoroughly enjoy what I do. It's. It's a career, yeah. you know. And I. I really do plan on retiring from this, you know. So, uh, I don't know, man. It's awesome. I meet. Yeah. I meet interesting people all over the fucking place. Yeah. I'm willing to travel as long as I'm not away too long. Like, you had a hard time because you got stuck on this job site for yeah. what? 
how many it, months? It was, well, it was originally supposed to only be uh, a two-month stint, and it ended up being three with kind of no end in sight. Mm. And it was a long drive. It was 106 miles, which even on certain bike is uh, two hours or over two hours. And that's one way. One way. And, and so then, how long was the shift you were doing? Uh, it would vary between 10 and 12 sometimes 14 hours it was it was long shifts two hours and then a 10 to 14 hour shift and then two hours home yeah it was long it was some of some of the days were far too long yeah and, uh, my company did put me up in a hotel twice uh, at my request yeah when I thought it was not safe for me to continue uh, driving but, sure uh, I don't sleep well away from home I yeah. never have uh, I have a hard time with it too so um I, I chose in a lot of cases in a lot of cases uh, it was impossible for me, for the family situation I had, to stay there. But, uh, yeah, it was hard. And, and it really does bring a realization of, you know, you are not just, and this is kind of swing back to the family thing, you are not just your job or your means to provide for the family. And I saw a lot of guys that that was really kind of where their head was at. I'm the breadwinner. This is all I do. But... I think a lot of people, especially in America, fall into that. I mean, look at we. Yeah. I have some friends and family that uh, they live on the road. They work the pipeline. Uh, my one buddy, who you know, he used yeah. to work at the shipyard was yeah. Ethan. You know, like he, uh, he's he's tough. You know, I feel bad for him because he's trying to get back here. He's gone and gotten certifications. He's a NACE uh, coatings ins uh, inspector. He's got yeah. his NACE certifications. And he's trying to get back up here closer to his kids, but it just seems like the money must be too good, and he's kind of trapped, you know? Like, he, he in his head, I got to stay on the road, and I got to make this money, but it's tough also because he's living out of a hotel, and, and that costs a lot of money. That's a lot of money to live out of a fucking hotel, and it's out of his pocket. It's not like the company's going to, yeah. you know? But, um, and I've tried to help him, and I'm going to continue to try to help him, you know? But, um... I think a lot of people fall into that cycle of, you know, I got to work my nuts off to take care of my family. And then you get into this lifestyle of, well, you're never around and your kids don't even know who the fuck you are. Yeah. You know, they, they grew up without you, really, you know. Yeah. And, and that's a shame. You know, it's a shame that it, it turns into that. I mean, it's... You know, thank God you're independent enough that you just like was like, "Fuck yeah, you, I I'm not do doing this." Or yeah, I, uh, I guess it's stubborn or or, or stupid. Some people t t told me I'm dumb for doing <laughs> it, but uh, when I make up my mind, I I just do it. Sure. My dad traveled a lot when I was a kid, and uh, he was very much the provider, and we had a great life growing up. You know, we were financially stable, Ooh. and and. I, looking back through the lens of my experience now, kind of realize why he wasn't there yeah. for significant stretches of time. And, and maybe as a kid, you know, it seemed like he was away more than he actually was. I don't know. Um, I haven't ever talked with him about it. Um, and I, but growing up, I'm like, I don't want to be the kind of dad that's not there Yeah. for really any length of time. But again, through my through my kid brain, I'm looking at it like, oh, my dad was never around, which may not be the actual factual truth, right? But sure. perception is the is nine tenths of the law. So the way I saw it is my dad wasn't around 
a lot. Um, not in a negative way, but he just, he was working. Yeah. Know? He was making money so that my mom could stay home, so that we could have a roof over our head and nice food on the table and stuff like that. Um, but I realized that, you know, the reason your wife marries you is because she likes you. Yeah. Or Who hopefully, thought? you're right. Who would have thought? Yeah. <laughs> and And your kids, you know, they like you. They want you around, especially when they're little. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you do get caught in this sort of... Catch-22? Yeah, like spiral. Yeah. And I, I know guys that have ruined their marriage, absolutely ruined their marriage, and subsequently ruined their relationship with their kids by not being around. Hmm. And that is, gosh, what a... Like you're trying to do the right thing, and you're trying to sacrifice for the family, and trying to make sure everybody's stable. But really, they just want you around. Yeah, and that's that's a tough. It tough is tough. Rope to walk. Yeah, I, I think it's extremely difficult. You know, because you gotta, you know, like so when it comes to being uh, an adult and going to work, you know. There's a lot of different theories. You can go find some shit job that pays real well, but you fucking hate it. He's now, for me, it, yeah. for me, the shipyard was that. I mean, I was pretty miserable down there. I liked the guys I worked with. I loved them. But I got caught up in all the other bullshit, you know, the politics of the yard and yeah. dealing with management and defending, you know, uh, some of the the guys that I I was a shop steward, you know, so yeah, like I had to yeah. I had to fucking defend guys that I knew were dead wrong, yeah, but that was repeat offenders. Yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ, man, will you stop fucking up? You know, like I remember remember the movie uh, Liar Liar with Jim Carrey when he yells yeah. at the fucking convict, stop breaking a law, you fucking asshole. Like yeah, I yeah. I felt like I should have been that guy. I should have just screamed at some of these people too. You don't even deserve this fucking job. You just keep fucking up, man. And uh, anyway, anyway, I, I uh, so I got caught up in that bullshit, and I think that that made my experience down there a little worse. It got harder for me, and it, it was a lot of pressure, and uh, I just I started to hate it, man. Yeah. I just started to go down there, and I just every day. Not to mention, it wasn't always just that. It was also I don't think a lot of people really do a self evaluation and ask themselves, what is it? that you really need in order to be fulfilled every day. Yeah. And I know, and it took me a while going there and realizing that I'm a very independent person. I'm a very, I really am independent and I really need to see different things all the time. I don't know if I have ADD. I used to think so as a kid, but maybe I do. But yeah. I really need new experiences regularly in order to feel um, fulfilled. I don't know. And, and at that shipyard, towards the end there, I got stuck in a shop, and they told me, you're going to sit here, you're going to pick them pieces up, you're going to hold them against that fucking tank wall right there, this guy's going to attack it, and then you two idiots are going to fucking weld this thing up. And then when you're done, pick up another piece and do it to the next one. Yeah. And you're going to just continue to do this for the next 35 fucking years of your life. Yeah. And I just kept thinking... I'm going to swallow a fucking bullet if I keep this up. I can't do this. I'm going to fucking, yeah. you know, life is going to get real fucking ugly for me if I just keep doing this. And, you know, so like you saying that you're done, that job site you were at, and you uh, yeah. you got accused of, 
whatever, being stupid, me too. Yeah. When I yeah. came, when this job came along and I started telling my family and friends, my wife was literally the only one that was like, fuck them, go do it. Yeah. Go do it, you know? You are miserable. You wake up miserable and you just, you literally, I mean, dude, that shipyard was hysterical to me. I used to have to go and get records for the guys so they knew when they could just fucking not go to work that day. I had to go get the records of how many times they yeah, no-showed yeah. because there was a certain tolerance of how many times a year you could do that. Yeah. That's how crazy that company was. You had two weeks vacation. I think two weeks a year you could just no-show or one week a year. I can't remember. Well, yeah, it depended. It depended on which contract. But I remember... Some contracts were better than others, and some people really did use... All of it. Unexcused days as if it was a vacation or mental health day fund or whatever. And that wasn't the spirit in which it was intended, <laughs> but it was the letter. And so, they wrote it to the, to the very, very... So many guys. Way. And admittedly, towards the end there, I was exhausted. And I, uh, I, I kind of started getting on the train, too. Oh, yeah. Like, well, that's why guys got on the train. Yeah. It's because they... they, they they were burnt. Well, there's know? plenty of people, and and I think we were talking about how you get trapped in the making money, and and that applies to your home life, but it applies to a job too. Sure. You have a job; it's a quote unquote good job, right? It yeah. It makes you money so that you can live to a standard that you want to live to, or people around you want you to live to, or whatever. Whatever pressure is making you try and meet that goal, right? But you hate it. But you need it to make money. And you don't know anything else. And I think that's probably the biggest hang-up. It's been my fear that I don't know how to do anything else. Or I haven't done anything <laughs> else. Or you know, I'm not a college graduate. Or this or that. And uh, so you go, well, I don't know what else to do. So let me just do this. But I hate this, so I want to do something else. But I don't know what else to do. But I hate And you just you stay in that... In that circle, chasing your tail and being miserable all the time. And the kind of key to unlock yourself from the chains of misery is do something different. Yeah. Just do something different. Doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Just do something different. Hey, listen, here's an idea for all the listeners. Shouldn't Ben come co-host this thing with me? I mean, doesn't he have a fucking smooth voice? <laughs> smooth, I mean, really? listen, look at the beard on this guy. I mean, that's a very fuckable face. I'm just saying. He's I'm, got I'm not a, saying it hasn't been done. But, uh, <laughs> he's got a fu- cushion. He's got a face for radio. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I kidding, man? This guy's way more handsome than me. Shit. I, now I, I see had somebody it. To, besides my wife tell me I was handsome yesterday. I'm telling you right now, man. I'm Listen, surprised. you're a handsome little fucker. <laughs> I I get it. Wife, wifey. That's a handsome man right there. She knows I feel that way about you, though. She knows. Yes, she does. She, she knows does. there's a little there's a little man crush going on. I don't know. On she here. might be willing to share. You'll have to, you'll have to float <laughs> the idea. I don't think I could do that, but uh, but, but you might could float the idea to her. See, she, she might take it better from you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love joking around about that, but I don't I don't think I can take the leap, man. I don't think I can. I just listen. I appreciate. I respect a gay guy that just says, "Nope, this is what I fucking do." I just think, God damn, man, that is a person that is in touch with himself because I'm not even willing to try that shit. 
<laughs> you know, to each their own. There's a self-confidence there involved there, I think. You know, like I think the moment you just are like, um, I'm going to go out on a limb and try something different and put this dick in my mouth, I think to myself, <laughs> yep, I, that is a confidence I do not fucking have. There I'm, not, is... I'm not really sure the dick in the mouth is like the, the ultimate goal, but maybe it is. I don't know. I'm you, just saying. You need a different guest for that, listen, sir. Listen. <laughs> you need a different guest for that. I cannot help you out with that. Oh, shit. Yeah. See, now the conversation is getting great. Yeah. All right? yeah, I cannot help you out with the dick in the mouth stuff. I, never having had personal experience with listen. that. Listen. Well, that's, you know what, so isn't that a funny thing? When when they talk about, uh, like, experimental college kids, or at least they used to. Now everybody, and by the time they're in elementary school, oh, they're already, they already know their sexual orientation and their gender. So I don't even, I'm not even going to touch that subject. But once upon a time, it used to be like a, like a running joke in our country. Like, oh, yeah, back in the college days, I tried something. But it was only women. It oh, was no, all, it wasn't. Really? No, I heard something. Again, this is on a radio. They're talking about... Uh, I was in college. I'm telling you right now, there was no fucking experimental phase. Well, and I'm not the, being no, no, no. shy I, right now. I'm there just... was an experimental phase, but it was with chicks. It was never with dudes. <laughs> but uh, I think the... No, I, I read it was a... I think it might have been an artist or an author or somebody who lived that hippie scene in yeah. the 70s and did a lot of substances and... Uh, and woke up with a sore ass. No. But he couldn't up, prove it. <laughs> retained conscious thought mid-act. Oh, it was happening. It was happening. And then... Listen, this goes back to the... Oh, this goes back to the rape thing. And woke up later on. He should have just... Huh. I think I sucked a dick. I, I wonder why. <laughs> wow, really? Yes. So that there are people... And again, this is not personal experience. I want to clarify that. Yeah, there yeah, are yeah. people that have had this experience, and it's an actually did experiment. Probably should have not abused substances so that they were in the right <laughs> mind to decide whether that was something they actually wanted to do. But uh, you know, there are people that I'll are say this: curious. there are dudes that are legitimately curious and say, "You know, let me try that." Hmm. I'll say this. I've done a lot, a lot of drugs in my life. And some of them do wipe out large portions of your memory. Like the whole uh, anti-anxiety meds, the Klonopins and the Xanax and the... Uh, I, I can't remember the names of them at this point. But they're, they fall into the uh, benzodiazepine. Yeah. That's the type of drugs they are. Anyway, large parts of my memory are gone. And I'm just saying, as of, I, as of right now... I do not recall ever sucking a dick. You don't recall ever <laughs> sucking a dick. <laughs> but as you said, there are portions of your memory that There's are about blank. three years of my life where I might have just been the most flamboyant <laughs> homosexual there ever was on this planet. I don't know. I will have to ask the people closest to me. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I don't remember shit. That's what I'm going by, okay? I'm married, and I got a fucking kid, and I don't know what happened during that time. But, man, I shit blood for about a, six months after that. No, I'm Ugh. just kidding. <laughs> well, I mean, if they put it in your mouth, your mouth would be sore, not your butt. Unless just saying, you're having all kinds of fun. Just saying, my hemorrhoids were killing me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. 
Anyway, I'm not knocking on people to choose that lifestyle. I don't care what you do as long as you're not pushing your agenda on me. I will say, though, it does take an immense amount of courage and self-knowledge so. to say, that, okay, this is what society and my family and all these people around me expect for me to be and behave. Yeah. And I'm going to choose not to do that and be and behave a different way that I feel is more true to myself. So this is, let me... let me, that, that takes guts, man. Let me interrupt this little conversation and explain why I love talking to Brother Ben. Brother Ben, as I usually kind of think of him as a more conservative person, Without without going too much into <laughs> politics, he leans pretty heavy on conservative thoughts, but occasionally comes out with some very progressive ideas, and it just fucking blows me off my feet every time he says something. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I didn't see that fucking coming. Well, you know, so, I, I so, try to tell people the world, to me, the world is, and this is has nothing to do with the current romance novels, but there are lots of shades of gray <laughs> sure. in the way of the world. And that's how I see it. And I know a lot of people don't see it that way. Um, well, that's the problem with politics right now, yeah. though, in my opinion, is is there... I think up until pretty recently, there was a lot of gray. And, and for yeah. some odd reason, everybody that was closer to the middle have started choosing sides, and they were like, fuck this yeah. or fuck that. Yeah. And that's... To me, that's when it gets a little unnerving is when, yeah. you know, like they have these goofy movies like Hunger Games and these other, uh, where they talk about different factions. They, yeah. you know, these faction of people and these, it's tribal instinct. But to me, it's impossible to just be all the way that way and all the way that way. It's not, that's not real life. Real life doesn't, and, and that is the beauty of talking to you is, is that I think you're intelligent enough to at least see the argument from the other side and, and maybe say, all right, there might be a little merit to that. You know, I can understand that. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Like, this whole huge debate about, uh, you know, like when Bruce Jenner came out and said that this is who he is or whatever, I don't I don't disagree that it's courageous. You know, it's got, yeah, you got to yeah. have some, <laughs> and this is not, this pun is not intended, but he's got to have some huge balls <laughs> to fucking stand up there and say... Hey, yeah. man, my whole fucking life, I've felt like this, yeah. you know. Comparing, you know, the courage of a soldier to the courage of a man that, that finally admits who he is, is apples to oranges, in my opinion. That's yes. the one yes. thing that most people don't want to recognize. We don't have enough words to differentiate. The, sure. courage, but we don't have enough words to to define courage this way and yeah. way. it's like Eskimos and snow they got like 50 different words for the different kinds of snow <laughs> there are we only have one word for courage and we can't assign sure different values for different things that are different yeah 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 absolutely you know so so anyway I don't know man I think uh have I wasted enough of your time dude we've been going for an hour and 15 almost 15 minutes hour 14 and 30 seconds just getting into the meat. Of I it. know, man. I know. Well, listen. So I don't know your availability. Uh, you know what? Let me just wrap this up, and then we'll we'll talk about that shit yeah, afterwards. Yeah. yeah. So uh, anyway, let's. Uh, ben, you're awesome. Thanks, Thanks for coming by. You, I really, really 
I want to do more of this. I think that just you and I conversations about anything, fucking breakfast, anything, is always gold. I always think so. I used to love just going to, you know, Nifty Fifties or a coffee yeah. station or one of these local. There's a new place that we love. Really? Yeah, it's called um, Tank and Libby's up in Drexel Hill, I think it is, or uh, I forget what neighborhood. Drexel Brook. Yeah. It's kind of up there off of. Uh, What's that, State Road? I still can't figure out these little boroughs and towns. Yeah. I've been here for years. I know that it's that way. I know it's out. <laughs> it's on the outer skirts of Delco headed yeah. towards whatever fucking area that is out there. Yeah. You know? But anyway, it's a great little breakfast spot. We love going there. Chicken and waffles is fucking amazing. I've not had decent fried chicken in a very long Dude. time. Royal Farms does not count. No. Royal Farms is disgusting. Yeah, whoever, uh, and I'm not saying that chicken. because I'm a Delco jerk-off that's like, Ma, Wawa's the greatest ever. Wawa, get your shit together and get some Amorosa fucking rolls and stop making your own dog shit rolls <laughs> and bring the deli back because I want a regular fucking hoagie and not your shit with two slices of cheese and two slices of ham. If I wanted a Subway sandwich, I'd have gone to Subway. Dude, it's fucking absurd. I refuse. Th- th- you know what? I'll say this. I'm full of shit. When I'm driving down 13 Route 1 or whatever it is, Delaware State 1, or whatever, yeah. heading down Cape Charles to go to Norfolk... If there's a Royal Farms, I will bypass it and go right to the Wawa. <laughs> I will say that. Royal Farms compared to Wawa I, is like not even... I won't even do it. Royal Farms is like a big 7-Eleven. It doesn't have the same caliber or even like... I think that... The, it doesn't have the same stuff. I think it smells disgusting in there. I no. think that the grease, like the burnt grease smell when I walk into a Royal Farms... Makes me want to throw up in the middle of the fucking floor. Well, because old Wawa's used to smell like burnt coffee and hot dogs, and I couldn't get it out of my nose. Really? Like, that's why I don't, I don't go to Wawa's. No I, like, shit. I almost never go to Wawa's. Yeah, I, I try not to, too, unless I'm just getting, like, a water and a, and a cranberry juice or a Gatorade or whatever. You go to Wawa all the time. You're lying. I do go to Wawa all the time. <laughs> I just, listen, I'm like, I'm, like a, I'm, like a, I'm like an Eagles fan that uh, just uh, wants them to, to pull their potential. You know what I mean? Like... That. I really just want you to get your shit together and start putting out a good product again. That's all. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I want to see you guys go to the fucking Super Bowl. That's it, man. Yeah. yeah. You just know? do it. Just up your game. Yeah, just, just step off, man. Make it, make it. Stop being a piece of shit like this corporate mentality of I'm going to make my own shitty bagged food. I'm going to hand it to you over a counter, you know, that all the other customers sneezed all over. You know? Like, uh, <laughs> well, you know, I, I think that they did buy back all of their... All their shares, so it is a privately owned company. Yeah. It is, but the problem is, is it's still run very corporate. That's oh, why, like, they make their own pretzels, they make their own uh, bread, they make their own, and it's not good. Like, I don't think it's a good product. I, yeah. I think that it just doesn't taste very good. The hoagies are just shitty and very corporately made. Instead of, they'll throw away all the fucking meat after four hours instead of just putting more meat on my fucking sandwich. They'll charge you an extra dollar for every selection of extra shit you want on it. You just, you've corporatized this too much, you know? And I know that there needs to be checks and balances, but I feel like you're disappointing the community that you started in. I'm also, I will say this, 
The fact that they knocked down the first location, I am really disappointed about that. Well, they had said at one point that they were never going to do that. And there's nothing worse to me than a company going back on their word sure, without a really compelling reason. Like, if you're going to go out of business... And you're like, we really have to shut this store down. Yeah. Okay, that's a pretty compelling reason. But yeah. if you took a stand at some point saying, we are Delco strong, we yeah. are a part of the community, we have been here, we will be here, our commitment is this store right here where we started, where you all helped us to the point where we are right now, Right. is going to stay as a shitty little backwards monument of what we were when we started as a reminder to you and to us that this is who we are. Right. We're going to do that. If you then go back on that. I mean, even if. That's, 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 I a, think, that's a bullshit move. Right there. I think even if they kept the store there and like updated it, maybe. I know that their push is gas stations. Yeah, yeah. You know? So make the one down the street a gas station, but leave that there. And then also publicize put a big number one voila number one on the front of the fucking building and everybody knows that that's the pride of delco right there yeah but i feel like it's it's kind of you abandoned it you were like fuck this it's not again this corporate mentality of it's not important we don't give a shit the dividends aren't paying on that one so fuck them you know it is after all a business i get that but it's not a failing business Wawa it's the same. Is doing a huge amount of business, so they could have stood by yeah. a community commitment like that. I think that they would have so much more support if they would have done that. Yeah. I think that they would actually gain business just showing that we do take this pride. Yeah. But whatever, man. They didn't do that, so fuck them. You know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll still go in there and buy Deer Park water and fucking cranberry juice. You know, but. I'm disappointed, man. I am fucking disappointed. Well, it's 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 sometimes I don't know. That's I think it's the problem with with corporations and growing. Yeah, that, yeah. That, you know, you you want them you want them to remember where they came from. Just like just like a guy that you know is now a stockbroker in New York City and came from a crappy little town somewhere, or you know the president of something or other. You know, you you want them to know where they came from and be true to that. I think, you know, speaking of, like, the corporate uh, sanitary uh, and then the competitive nature of corporate, I think it's hilarious that Walmart came into communities and wiped out the mom-and-pop shops. Yeah. I mean, Kmart did, and then Walmart really fucking yeah, did. Yeah, the, they put the every nail, nail in the on coffin. every coffin. Yeah. yeah, and now Walmart is crying the fucking broke blues because Amazon just wiped them off the fucking map. Admittedly, we shop on Amazon, and I'll say this, it is a good deal, but it is the evil empire, because I know some small businesses will try to sell on Amazon, and apparently there is a bad habit of Amazon taking their products and underselling them right out from under them. That is fucked up, you know? Well, you know, all I can say is that Amazon is new Sears. So if you look at Sears back in the day when they were still printing catalogs, I'm talking like turn-of-the-century Sears. Sure. They were the only going concern. They were the biggest going concern. And everybody else that was doing that couldn't do that because oh. nobody else had done that before. Yeah. So, and, and when you think about it, you used to 
have stuff delivered right to your house from Sears. Sears hmm. would send it to you or send it to a train station for you to pick up or whatever. Amazon is doing exactly the same thing. They'll deliver milk to your house. When was the last time you had a milkman deliver milk to your house? Dude, you know? we, we got groceries delivered the other day, yeah. and I'll admit, the introvert that I I claim to be, I'm not really, yeah. but the uh, antisocial introvert that I want to be was like, yes, yeah. you sent the groceries right to the fucking front door. I don't have to interact with humans no yeah, I didn't have to wander through the store watching somebody stare blankly at the wall yeah. and try and get around them or try and get items from underneath the blank stare. I like to fart next to old people. <laughs> women, old women in particular. <laughs> and then I just stand there. Payback. Because huh? I want them to know that it was me. <laughs> Yeah, so everything that was old is new again. Yeah. Not just in fashion, but in business. Dude, I never even thought about that. You yeah. are absolutely 100% correct that Sears, Sears and Robux, it, yeah, it was Sears called? Sears and Robux back in the day. They did exactly that. You had a catalog, Amazon.com. Yeah. And you just chose here. This is the one that. I want right yeah. here. Give me the uh, Marlin 22 rifle. Exactly. Long action, you yeah. know? Or a, an icebox or, yeah. you know... Anything under the sun you could get from the Sears and Roebuck catalog. Well, anything under the sun, you can go to Amazon.com and click that, and it'll show up at your door a day later. Crazy. You know? Crazy. That's funny. That's not even a new idea. It's been happening yeah. forever. Yeah. Just one corporation takes over another. Because, I mean, Sears is... Are they even... No, Sears is now in bankruptcy. Really? Because they couldn't do what Amazon did. Which no they shit. A hundred years ago. Wow. They're in bankruptcy. Yeah, I think. So last time I checked, I'm not Mr. Current Events, but last time I checked, yeah, huh. I believe they are in bankruptcy, or they were, they were waiting on investors to help them float through for a certain period of time so that they didn't have to declare bankruptcy. Huh. There's two different kinds of bankruptcy. I don't think it was Chapter Thirteen, which is total. Wipe out. You wipe out. I think it might have been Chapter 11 to reorganize. Oh. I don't know. Again, not Mr. Current Events. Yeah. Uh, Interesting stuff, man. Yeah. Interesting stuff. So I've kept you for another 15 minutes. Ha ha. No worries. We're about an uh, hour and 25 minutes. We can cut it short. All right. We had a pretty great conversation. Mm -hmm. um, all right, man. Thanks for coming in, brother. Right. Thank you for having me. Yeah.